Kala. It means holy worship. Join me, your host, Robert Randall, as we delve into biblical instrumentation and music history to discover the sounds behind the words of our Savior, Yeshua Messiah. It is I, your host, Robert Randall, coming to you once again from the beautiful Colorado Rocky Mountains of Colorado Springs. I want to thank you all for tuning in to Kadosh Holy Worship, understanding the sounds behind the words of our Master, Yeshua Messiah, the music of the Bible. I hope you all are safe out there and healthy. I pray that the living, loving blood of the Lamb would be upon your households, your families, your friends, your churches, your synagogues, wherever you attend worship, Father. Um, we just pray for all uh, believers' safety and those who are new to this, Father, those who are uh, new to Jesus Christ, to, new to the Word of God, to the way of kingdom living, Father. We pray that your protection would be upon all of those who are being called out of Babylon and Egypt and Greece and coming into the loving kingdom of our Savior. Father, we lift up today's study as we look into percussion instruments and we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill us and help us to understand and discern new insights to this unique study of your word. In Yeshua HaMashiach's name, amen. All right, brethren, time to delve into ancient percussion instruments. The three percussion instruments that we're going to be looking at today are the Selselim, the Faghamon, the Manghangim, and the Tabret. Let me pronounce that again, and then you say it three times fast. The Selselim, the Faghamon, the Manghangim, and the Tabret. The Selselim are the ancient symbols of the day, either made separately or were tied together with a leather cord and clanged on the symbol's sides. It is believed that the Hebrews got inspired to use them from Egypt. This is borne some ample evidence, as Dr. Steiner points out, an Egyptian priest named Anakape had symbols buried next to his mummified body. He also cites... Psalms, Tehillah 31, verse 5. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Now, that means that there are two different types of cymbals in that description. The idea that our modern band cymbals or orchestral cymbals are clanged face-in versus the cymbals, the loud cymbals, versus the high-sounding cymbals, which are the ones that are clanged on the side. Gongs are less strictly musical instruments, and yet are classified in the same category. China in its use of cymbals and gongs as atmospheric, rhythmic, and chordal applications. This is unique to the Orient, and indeed, my own experience from two years of study with Polynesian gamelan. Gamelan is an orchestration of xylophones, gongs, cymbals, kettle drums, and oriental violin. With no written form of music, every tune is learned by ear in the process. Each part learns their rhythm and notes so that when combined, make the tune to be played, while a lone kettle drum keeps time as the conductor. Tuning is off-key on purpose for most of the instruments to provide a truly unique sound that, examining as a Christian today, I do see strong theological applications because the instruments are dedicated to various false Elohim. 
And like any mask of Satan, it is twisted so too that the tuning of these, of these instruments in a humorous way bears significance and deception in the way that the frequencies envelope one's mind and atmosphere in which the gamelan orchestra is being played. Like modern rock stars that have used New Age, Jimi Hendrix, for example, to channel people's emotions and sway, this is the same conditioning. It is also an interesting sight to associate some symbols with the tambour, or symbols so small that one can play them on their fingers. These are found in many cultures, and it is not uncommon to find some being struck on the sides. When singing a traditional Jewish song like Hagalim, the opening verses of the choral work have a chorus member striking two symbols on the side for ambiance and rhythm. The second percussive instrument is the Fagramon. These small bells were ceremonial, especially to the Levites. Aharon wore these when communing with God in the tabernacle in Exodus. Upon its fringes you shall make pomegranates of blue and of purple, and of scarlet around its seat seat, and bells of gold between them round about. Exodus 29, verse 33. They made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates round the skirts of the robe between the pomegranates. Exodus 39, verse 29, 25. Excuse me. The prophet Jeremiah, speaking on the last great day of the Lord when he comes to battle and establish his government of worship at the Feast of Booths in the New Jerusalem, declares, In that day there will be on the bells of the horses holiness to the Lord. And the pots in the Lord's house will be like the bowls before the altar. Jeremiah 14, verse 20. The Manghangim is considered to be the ancient rattler, possibly derived from Egypt as well as the ancient symbols, made from wood or metal with metal rods protruding through the structure of its basic loop system. And really, there's not much else to be said on that. Um, I mean, it's pretty pretty simple. If you um, essentially take a closed-loop system of what would look like an onk without its sides, um, an Egyptian cross without its sides, and put some metal rings around it, there you go. That's your ancient rattler. Our final and most prevalent percussion instrument in scripture is known as the tof, the, tim, the timbril, a tambor, or a tabret. It is a tambourine made with goatskin, with catgut strings in the back, or some with a cord attached to metal castanets, beaten by stick or by hand. Modern-day tabrets are a stylized version of the ancient tabret. God says he will restore his tabret to worshiping, to his worshiping bride. Jeremiah 31, verse 4. Again, I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with thy tabrets, and shalt go forth in the dances of them that make merry. When we use tabrets, it is like a slap in the face of the enemy, reminding, me where, reminding him where he came from and where he's going. The tabret can be used symbolically to declare the word of God. It becomes an offensive weapon in the spiritual realm. Isaiah 30, verse 32. And every place where the grounded staff shall pass, which Yehovah shall lay upon him, it shall be with tabrets and harps, and in battles of shaking will he fight with it. Tabrets were used to prepare the way for the spirit of prophecy. 1 Samuel 10, verses 5 and 6. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God, where there is a garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass, when 
Thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of Nevaim, coming down from the high place, with a psaltery, and a tabret, and a pipe, and a harp, before thee, that they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of Jehovah will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. The brets were used in times of celebration. Wherefore did you flee away secretly, and steal away from me, and did not tell me that I might have sent you away with mirth and with song, with tabret and with harp? Genesis 31 verse 27. The mirth of Tabret ceases, the noise of them that rejoice ends, the joy of the harp ceases. Isaiah 24, verse 8. Tabrets were considered an object of beauty. He has made me also a byword of the people. And before time, I was a Tabret. Job 17, verse 6. The Tabret can be used to symbolically declare the word of God. Worship tools are a point of contact and symbolic representation. The spiritual realm is impacted as we mix our faith with the word of God. Hebrews 4, verse 2. The king of kings uses the tabret and can be used to declare that Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords over a person, a situation, nations, etc. The Holy Spirit through a tabret can be used to invite to, to, flow, to flow freely in a place, a person's, li a person's life, or etc. The healing waters through a Tibret, through the Holy Spirit, can be used through the King of Kings to declare that rivers of living water flow from our innermost being. John 7, verse 38. It is curious to read about Lucifer, Hasatan, the howling one, as having been created by God as a super angel, a charab with a tabret and machol in his very being. The workmanship of thy tabrets and machols was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Ezekiel 28. Some scholars claim that Lucifer before his fall originally led worship in heaven before his covetousness and pride took over, otherwise known as the iniquity force in some circles. The satanic and esoteric side of music is obviously not going to be discussed here, but it is suffice it to say that rhythm and the melodies accompanying when used a certain way can affect the physical and spiritual nature of those performing and listening to the music. Just because the anointed cherub over all the angelic host presumably held sway over worship does not mean instruments used in worship to Yehovah and his son Yeshua are to be done away with, as is practiced in certain sensationalist Christian denominations. This is due to a perception of worship in a New Testament mindset, which shall be addressed in a later chapter. Rhythmic instruments have their place in worship. It is the intent of their use that must be discerned appropriately. And that family and Messiah concludes our study of biblical percussion today. However, our final audio excerpt is going to cover two gongs that are far older than anything that we've studied thus far in today's show. These gongs go back to the very bedrock of creation itself. And because this show rocks, pun intended, I think you'll find this a very unique percussive study. See if you can pick out the pitches so far, I've heard E, F, F sharp, and B flat when this young man is playing these gongs. You also hear a little bit about where they uncovered these gongs from during an archaeological dig. As always, we'll have our meditative tehillah after this audio portion. And as always, I do 
set up a visual YouTube link for those of you who would like to visually see these instruments in the podcast description. Please continue to support us on Hebrew Nation Radio as well as the podcast with your prayers and donations. None of this is possible without your support. Without further ado, let's take a listen to these ancient gongs from the very foundation of creation itself. Enjoy. How do we know that this was actually used as a rock gong? Is it just from the patterns? Because and we the have these, these, these archaeological traces. I mean, we have the wear of the rock gong, and that's not natural wear. So that really is artificial wear from hitting the rock with hard implements. Okay. And implements probably much harder than these uh, wooden hammer blocks that we have. Yep. So, and sometimes we find small pebbles very close to those rock gongs with evidence of play. So little bits missing, you know, kind of the, the wear traces that tell us they probably used these hammerstones to play the rock gongs. Okay. Just, just yeah, I was going to ask whether yeah. these were located nearby um, when these rock gongs were discovered. Yeah. Maybe people picked them up somewhere else, kind of came with a plan, or people just put, picked them up locally and then uh, went to play. Uh-huh. So that's also something we try to understand, what would be the context in which people used to play that. Would it be something ritual or something to signal or something fun yep. or all of that at the fourth cataract this slab was basically propped up on a much larger boulder so you could either sit on that boulder or basically squat okay um, in front of the rock gong and so the body position you would take would in any case be something like that yeah and you would play the rock gong either with one hand or with two hands probably with a rock because a small hammer stone and the hammer stone if you hit this rock for a long time would leave these traces that we see here, like little depressions, cup marks. Okay. So if you see cup marks on these slabs or boulders, it tells you that this has been used for sound making in the past and probably for a long period of time. So you could just hit this rock. Oh, wow. Or with two hands. And basically we try to understand from the traces that we find on these blocks how the people of the past may have played this. So you can see, like the, I guess there's indentations here. Absolutely, and there and absolutely. And the more dark they are, the longer ago the playing event was or happened. So it's a long time ago that people played this, a very, very long time ago that people played this here because it's fully patinated. So we don't have any recent evidence of play. And the more light these traces are, the more recent people played this rock gong or parts of this rock gong. So okay. we can see that they used some parts in the deep past and then didn't use them anymore and focused on other parts. So that's how we try to understand how these um, rock gongs may have been played over time and what kind of tones people preferred over time. So again, with this slab, you have two different ways of playing it from up here and from down here. And then you can think, is it possible and feasible actually to play these two Oh, from to get that position to get different, different kinds of sounds, kinds of from the sounds. Same rock. exactly. Okay. Or would you rather do that and somebody else would sit up there and play the rock on from up here? Playing with these pebbles compared to sticks is quite unusual. It took me a while to try and work out how to hold them. Traditionally, you, you hold sticks in a certain way depending on whether you do match grip or traditional grip. And I kind of guessed, I mean, from the where, how to 
sort of tap and and play using these rocks. The response from the, the gong, from the rock gong itself, is quite unusual because normally on drums you have a certain bounce, and with these there's a sort of natural bounce of the object itself, but you kind of have to put more effort into your strokes, so to speak, um, when you're playing. How does this one differ? I mean, you can tell, I guess, the wear is there from what you were saying exactly. before. Exactly. So what you did beforehand was very, very clever to try to, to, to play the two of them together. And if they'd been in one place, probably people would have done that. So we have a lot of evidence of people using more than what just one slab or boulder locally, you know, to use two, three or four boulders um, to get different sounds and to combine different sounds, some very light sounds, some, some much lower sounds and things like that. So um, we often have that effect of different sounds coming together and being consciously used for, for some kind of uh, melodies and, and things like that. Um, this rock gong actually was, comes from a different place. Again, you would squat in front of it and you would play it squatting like that. And um, here you can also see where people played it. it is, it's not played as heavily as this one. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been used for a couple of times and um, focusing on these different places here. And it's got a much, much lighter sound than this one. Yeah. In a traditional drum kit, you have mm -hmm. such a distinction between the bass and the yes. snare drum and yeah. the hi-hat. And yeah. it's, the fat, it's the way yeah. that those kind of sounds play with each other yeah. and sit in the different gaps. So that makes a lot of sense yeah. where maybe this one wasn't played as much, but this yeah. one has like a, an, a deeper sound because of the size of the rock, I guess, as well. Exactly, exactly. Maybe, maybe the place was significant for, you know, whatever context it, it, uh, the rock gong was played in. But also we were thinking about how you would play um, um, the rock gong, you know, do you, do you use two hands or do you just use one hand playing these um, different spaces um, one after the other yep. or do you go like that you know? I see. so that's something we're trying to understand yeah I suppose I mean maybe compared to a gong it looks almost like um, the way a xylophone is played to have Absolutely. different sounds yes, so each exactly. different pocket exactly. there maybe represents yeah. a slightly different exactly. sound exactly For me, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to see these rocks or these, these boulders just as, um, as an instrument in, in a gallery because I always have their location in mind. I was out there in the landscape, kind of, you know, you hear the wind. I mean, it's, it's a very different experience um, seeing and, and playing the rock gongs out there in, in the landscape. I'm Cornelia Kleinitz. I'm an archaeologist and rock art specialist. I'm based uh, in Berlin at Humboldt University, and I was part of the um, of the mission of the Sudan Archaeological Research Society, that's based here at the British Museum, uh, doing their work at the Fourth Nile Cataract in Sudan, where a large dam was being built that uh, was going to flood uh, a large stretch of the Middle Nile Valley. And uh, so a lot of archaeological missions, among them the Sudan Archaeological Research Society, went to try to salvage as much knowledge and some of the objects from that area. These objects that we have in the gallery here at the British Museum now are some of the, of the few ones that actually have left the area and are preserved still to be seen because all the rest is now under the waters of the Meridam Lake and uh, inaccessible to everybody.
Finally, brethren, I leave you with a meditative Tehillah from a book of Davidic Tehillim. Psalm 29 God will give you peace. Give unto Yehovah, O ye mighty ones. Give unto Yehovah glory and strength. Give unto Yahuwah the glory due unto his name. Worship Yahuwah in the beauty of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of Yehovah breaks the cedars. Yes, Yahuwah breaks the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of Yehovah shakes the wilderness. Yahuwah shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calve and strips the forest bare. And in his temple does everyone speak of his glory. Yehovah sits upon the flood. Yes, Yahuwah is and sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. Yahuwah will bless his people with peace. Always give God the glory that is due his name. For he is indeed the Lord, full of majesty and power. His voice is the one that has shaken the heavens and the earth. This is Yehovah who has promised to give you strength and blessing when you worship and serve him in the beauty of his holiness. Receive God's strength and he will reward you with peace. Remember in your daily worship and meditation to make a joyful noise unto Yeshua and to praise him and love him with all your heart. And now, if you'd like to find out more about your host, here's some contact information. If you'd like to find out more about your host, you can go to my official website at robertrandallmusic.com where you can read my bio and see the various projects that I've worked on for uh, with One Accord Ministries, as well as listen to my albums. My first album, That Perfect Moment, a solo piano relaxing album with background orchestration of original composition works, an EP, as well as my second album, which is a classical piano album called A Classical Baroque Musician, featuring some of the most well-known beloved classical pieces from three genres of classical composers, including Beethoven, Bach, Mozart, and Chopin. You can also find me on social music media on Soundbirth app, which allows musicians to collaborate as well as promote their music on Spotify and YouTube and get advice from music managers on how to better their craft and their, uh, their ability to be a better musician. You can also find me on bandlab.com at Robert Randall Music. You can also find me on soundtrap.com or the Soundtrap app. Robert Randall Music. Soundtrap is a digital audio workstation allowing for aspiring musicians to create audio content via loops or through live instruments, as well as connect with musicians all over the globe on the Skype platform and the chat platform to create works of art in music, as well as podcast content creation for distribution on the Spotify platform. Whether you're a solo musician, a band, or an aspiring content creator, Soundtrap is the platform for you. Also, if you're an educator wanting to teach your class using the creative arts, Soundtrap is also a great way to teach your students in a very fun and creative environment. 
Finally, brethren, we are not here without your precious prayers and financial support. To Hebrew Nation Radio, Intervision FM, and our podcast providers. Hebrew Nation Radio is a 501c3 ministry, a radio broadcast, and a bookstore delivering the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom prophetically for our name, destiny, calling in the body of Christendom, and delivering the Torah to the nations to those curious about the Hebraic roots of the Christian faith. Hebrew Nation Radio, building a nation, not a denomination, now reaches a million visitors every day on HebrewNationOnline.com, on the Hebrew Nation app, as well as on the Hebrew Nation Online podcast and the newest engagement in our Mighty Network's Hebrew Nation Online community. We'd like to thank Roland and the crew for all that they've done to support Holy Worship. You can also listen to Holy Worship as an individual podcast on whatever podcast platform that you get your podcast provided on. If you enjoy Holy Worship, the music of the Bible, please consider making a donation at the link included at every podcast description of every episode on the podcast to keep us going with our podcast provider on Anchor.fm. We'd also like to thank Johnny Johnson and crew at Intervision.fm for also broadcasting our podcast every Friday at 5.30 p.m. on Intervision.fm. Intervision.fm is an online radio station broadcasting us on KINV-DB Internet Radio on Live 365 on the 365 app and website for Internet Radio. Intervision FM recently won the 2021 Denver Honoree of of the Mayor's Award for Excellence in the, the Arts and Culture. And that has been an award that's been presented since 1986. You can find Johnny Johnson and crew on YouTube or on various Denver TV networks as well as on intervision.fm and uh, listen to their radio station and watch their YouTube show as well every Wednesday. Thank you so much, uh, guys, for allowing Holy Worship to be broadcast on Intervision FM. It is a unique opportunity as well for those who are in the blind and visually impaired community and those with uh, various disabilities to be able to learn the ability to broadcast their content, be it music or podcasting, on online radio. And Intervision FM works with its mission to educate people with disabilities to have a voice uh, in the Denver community. So we thank Intervision FM for all that they're doing, uh, especially for someone who resonates with their vision to help people with disabilities to have a voice, uh, not only for the gospel of Christ, but for those seeking to have a voice through the soul and, and operation of music. And thank you, everyone, for listening today, and I hope that you have a blessed Sabbath. And until next time, I'm Robert Randall, signing out. Be blessed, everyone. 